Hello again, weary traveler. Welcome back to the Mind Sculptors podcast. I've decided this is how I'm opening the show from now on. Uh, sit down with your favorite energy drink of choice and listen as two random queers talk to you about competitive Elder Dragon Highlander. <laughs> this totally serious, not jokey, competitive EDH podcast is Brought to you by the wonderful patrons of the podcast. What is that? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, uh, hey. I'm Cal. I'm Ian. Hello, welcome. And we're doing the we're we're here to do the whole you know uh, we're here to tell you what the best decks of the format are. Yeah. It's certifiably like mm-hmm. these are the definitive mm-hmm. list yeah. of the best decks. Yes, we we completely agree on everything. There's no differences yes. in the list. According to um, ten out of ten math doctors, uh, we have done the numbers, and this is how you. But win. only nine out of ten de- dentists. Mm-hmm. That's true. That yeah. one dentist who just really, <laughs> really loves Dargo Thrasios. <laughs> He's just really into it. Um, <laughs> how was uh, Vegas? You just got back from Vegas. How, did. how did Vegas go? I did get back from Vegas. Vegas was lovely. Um, insanely busy. We had uh, first day we were there. We did a a corner for people to learn CEDH, which was yeah. Freaking awesome. We had Lua there. We had Smooth Brain EDH people there. We had Cam and Dylan, um, myself. We had uh, Cyrus from uh, Mental Misplay. Anyone else? We had a couple people from Playing With Power. Yeah, we had a bunch of people rotating in and out throughout the day. I was I was getting confirmation if I was missing anyone. Uh, but yeah, we had, a lot of, <laughs> we had a lot of people there. It was awesome. Um, a lot of people came, a lot of people learned. Uh, towards, towards the middle end of the day, it was definitely more people who were just like, I'd like this person and want to play with them. We were like, oh, yeah. are you trying to learn? And they were like, well, no, but I want to play. <laughs> we were like, okay. Amazing. Yeah, but it was a good time. And then, you know, Vegas, Vegas magic stuff, right? We didn't do a lot of the, the gambling and whatnot. The Vegas things. Yeah. Did you see the sphere? Mm. We specifically had a hotel that was right across the street from the sphere. Oh my and, goodness. Um, I was unaware of, of the sphere or the meme about the sphere. And then I was there and people were like, oh my God, it's the sphere. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> uh, but yes, the sphere was lovely. It tripped me out multiple times. Um, and you know we're all i mean it's bizarre it. looking right it, like it is a bizarre sphere and it's just like a giant led sphere that's just constantly like hey don't take acid and look at this you know what i mean because it's just like the whole fucking time uh i saw i saw one person post a video and it was just like a smiley face that was like actively looking around and i was like man if i was high and i saw that that would fuck yeah. me sideways like you yeah. I, I would be completely screwed yeah uh, in case anyone's curious as to why I looked uh, over in the corner concerningly, uh, my cat just knocked a ping pong bell down the stairs and I had to hear it go <laughs> the whole fucking time. <laughs> you have a great group of, of animals living I in do. your house. I have 
two rowdy rowdy cats and uh a lizard and one very sleepy dog <laughs> yes i also have a sleepy dog. <laughs> there's there's one athena in our in, in yeah. who just she decided that the closet is her spot and so she's she's oh, sitting yeah, there of course yeah she does okay. um she does. So before we get to our list, a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, couple things. Mm-hmm. One, yes. Uh, listen, yeah, it's free. Uh huh. It helps us out a lot. Okay, I really appreciate it. Doesn't if you work. would take your mouse or your Amazon Fire Stick remote or your uh, phone and mm-hmm. hit the subscribe button, oh. and if you would feel so inclined, and I know this is a a little bit harder yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're on fire TV, but yeah. you know, if you could just, after you do that, just move like one button over. Okay. Hit okay. the like button. Yeah. Um, and if you're feeling that fucking crazy, you go over to that little bell button, you hit that one too. And you're like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Notifications. You'll get the little pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Is that what sound your phone make? I, I, no, I don't know why I made that sound, but, uh, <laughs> okay that was the one i went with uh yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah hit hit that hit that like subscribe button and uh leave a comment i know it's harder if you're on you know fire tv you're sitting there in your living room or or if you're if you're real cheap ass and you're using roku mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh you know i know it's a little harder but it goes a long way so mm-hmm. greatly appreciate it and you know don't, Speaking of don't. real cheap asses, if you're one of those and uh, <laughs> you're not supporting this podcast, the fuck? <laughs> you should check out patreon.com slash the mind sculptors and, uh, you know, maybe throw throw a, a toss a coin to your witcher. Is that I've never seen the witcher. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Toss a coin to your toss a coin to your local uh cedh content creator i do love uh, that concept by the way i once again know nothing about the witcher franchise but i do love that they're like hey we have monster hunters in the area maybe tip them <laughs> maybe tip your bartenders maybe tip these guys too they're kind of making sure that like yeah. the area is safe maybe throw them like a yeah, dollar yeah, 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 if you yeah. can yeah no uh, for sure like i would definitely feel inclined to tip those people you know what i mean like yeah. they're probably whatever they're making it's not enough <laughs> i would assume most monster hunters are not earning enough of a stipend <laughs> yes um well i mean in Baldur's gate the monster hunter in there has to go meet the hag in order to in order to get anything accomplished she just doesn't have the ability um so you know are you still being too cheap to to play Baldur's gate or are you gonna actually yeah. use your yeah, partner's no. copy so uh, okay, no. Here, here's the the level of of cheapness we are at, right? So it's it's not that I'm too cheap to play Baldur's Gate. It is the fact that I know I would want to play the PC version of the game, right? And just get yes. it on my Steam account, right? This is we're gonna go too deep on this, right? Um, oh, I'm fucking right. But I have been a fucking couch gamer my whole life. I mm-hmm. do not like playing games on my PC. I sit here for work all the fucking time, yeah. and I don't want to sit here any longer in this basement to play games. I don't. I have zero desire to to exist in this space any longer. I, I understand. So, I I am doing the opposite of cheap thing, and uh, I'm gonna start looking into a Steam Deck because, like, that's I just I need so to treat it like a console. I have uh my gaming computer is my laptop. And I upgraded to 32 gigabytes of RAM and Mm -hmm. the the graphics chip is all fine and all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have, I got a 
lap desk from Costco. And it's like padded, like, you know, like you ride on, but on the bottom of it has this little like board that slides out and it's a little mouse pad. And it's just like, so I sit on our couch and play Baldur's Gate while watching One Piece in the background or something like that. Like it's, it's truly revolutionary. And I had to do that because like, so I tried playing it like hooking my laptop up to the TV, playing it with a controller. Mm-hmm. And man, I've just played so many CRPGs in my day that I have to have a mouse. I'm just mm-hmm. like, give me a mouse. I, I don't know how to. That is very fair. You, you've been tainted by Dragon's Age. <laughs> no, Dragon's Age is actually worse with a mouse. Really? Yes. Like Dragon's Age, I literally bought a controller specifically to play on my PC with. No way. Because yeah, because it was just like the 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 mouse uh, controls were just. I mean, the the game was built for consoles, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the the point and click part of it just doesn't really work. Cringe. Um, <laughs> and Baldur's Gate is kind of like the opposite, where it's like the controller functionality does work but it was definitely built as a top-down crpg you know uh understood but i fucking love games like this so Mm -hmm. i have almost 300 hours logged in this game and it's from just like while something's mixing down or while i'm sitting with cassidy or doing something Mm -hmm. i'm just like sitting there like also not fucking a demon uh (laughs) I feel like it's also a game I would want to play with other people. Like, I don't think I would want to play it by myself. So this is something I think that would be great for us Hmm. here on the channel. Is you and I playing through Baldur's Gate. (laughs) I I can fuck with that. I can absolutely fuck with that. I I think we could make a team of bards Mm -hmm. and just be... (laughs) Wasn't ready for that part. Well, here's here's the thing, okay? Mm -hmm. We're really going down a tangent, but I don't care anymore. Yeah, Uh, we're here and I can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. So I've multiple times tried to not play a warlock uh, in this game and in D&D. And I am so bad at playing any character that doesn't have any amount of charisma that I end up just respecking into a warlock. (laughs) Amazing, truly. I I can't I I have to be able to make persuasion and deception checks and if I can't do that then I'm just like well this isn't fun anymore um oh my goodness <laughs> I have a granola bar and she has decided that, that is her entire being <laughs> dog would never do that no um so I am a hundred percent the the kind of uh, D player who's like if i can't make a bit out of my character then i don't mm-hmm. know what i'm doing um, yeah and that's that's where i'm at i i really enjoy uh playing like really witty characters too which mm-hmm. is really fun mm-hmm. so i'm like a super sarcastic person in the game and mm-hmm. all of that and also if you're a warlock you can just you just got eldritch blast baby you don't need mm-hmm. nothing else you just got eldritch blast uh, but I, uh, if you really want a good time yeah. with uh, Baldur's Gate, you respect Asterion to be a uh, bard thief, and it's 
so much better because he ends up getting it's because they kind of put him as like an arcane thief right right away and he's so much better if he's just a straight bard thief okay just anyway i could talk about Baldur's gate for an entire podcast uh this is not sponsored by larian uh my favorite pokemon what'd you say is it my favorite pokemon favorite pokemon when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so we're here to update our power rankings for the month of September. Uh, last month, I'm going to put those up right here. Here are our rankings from last month. Wow. What a great Uh, idea, Cal. Nobody gave me that idea. That was a pure 100% Mm -hmm. Cal original. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Boy, Willie. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, Nelly. Uh, <laughs> you sure you don't want to go with Boy Willie? I like Boy Willie. No, nah, I, I I like Whoa Nelly a lot more. Uh, yeah. So let's let's get into this right here. First mm-hmm. of all, before we get too deeply into it, do you have an honorable mention for this month? Uh, yeah, my honorable mention is Creek. Um, okay, just because uh, it did really well at Festival of Nights. So there were two in the top sixteen. There was one other top 16 from the deck in this month. Uh, that's really it. Like, it's not like popping off. It's not the the new thing. But like, yeah, I think it just overperformed this month, if I'm being honest. But it is one of those decks that if you don't respect it, um, it can just start climbing on people. Right. Like there was a period where I think in the playing with power webcam league, like uh, a player went like 18 or not 18. Um, it was like 13 and two or something like that. Like some crazy record with Crick because people just were not respecting it. Like. Yeah, it's almost like that just could be said about most decks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one, that the, one definitely like will punish you for letting it get away oh, with anything, right? Like very it's super explosive, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The 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 thing that I think is really funny about Crick, and I think this is why I'm not a huge fan of it, yeah. is it overperformed and its win percentage was twenty eight percent, which is like slightly below average. Yeah, and like. You know, it's a good month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess twenty five percent is average technically. Where do you um, see, how do you calculate win percentage? Where are you doing that? So or are you just doing that manually? I did that manually. I went through and manually did all of these win percentages Didn't because they count? don't give us win percentages; they give us conversion percentages. Mm. And not to make a point here, but conversion percentage is a little bit misleading. Because it doesn't show you how the decks overall are performing. It just shows you, well, Mm -hmm. these made top 16. Yeah. Um, I I also want to like take a second because we got a bit of a problem with some of these tournaments, I think, Um, mm -hmm. which is the the draw system is broken. Um, Yes. And right now what's happening is uh, and I, I know eminence is like behind the scenes trying to figure out a way to avoid this situation right because we have a lot of major tournaments coming up and this kind of sucks but like basically especially in these five round tournaments um Mm -hmm. you can go like 2-0 right um and then you can 
literally draws intentional draws for the next three rounds. And unless you have like a 300 person tournament, you're not going to get punished for that. Yep. Right. Um, and that sucks. Like no one should be statistically encouraged to not play six hours of magic or, or I guess not six hours, but like almost four and a half hours of magic. Right. Like right. that is an awful precedent that we have going on right now with these tournament structures. And it's like, uh, I mean, it super sucks because it's right as far as like with the current yeah. system, right? Like it is like it is it is correct to to go about this process. And it's like, why is that the case? Right. So once again, we talked about um, what happened at SEG uh, Columbus, right, where mm-hmm. they threw a wrench in the thing by only matching people up by win percentages and that or not by win percentages, but by like by number of wins, just right? wins. And that was awesome. And I, I think like we need to do something like that. And I, I did talk with Eminence and I was like, hey, I think Star City Games accidentally did something right. <laughs> yes. They were like, what? <laughs> um, so I hope that we use a system like that. I know they're also in conversations about like draws being worth zero points, um, which I think has. I, some, I think that's a bad idea. I, I have some problems with it for sure. I, I think that is 100. I've said this on Twitter. We don't need to reinvent the wheel just mm-hmm. like they yeah listen it for all of history here's how you calculate win percentage it's not hard a win is worth one point a loss is worth zero and a draw is worth half a win that's it that's that literally what better than they are now currently right well i mean you can make a it, the, the point system behind it really doesn't matter as long as the win percentage like you the win percentage is really all that should matter. And then next to that, you need to have tiebreakers at like you need to decide how you're going to break ties. But win percentage is really all that should matter. Well, I mean, that's why that's the five like, one system exists, right? Because people used to draw twice and then it would be worth a win, right? That's all. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's generally like the way th- it work and i think we feel it more in uh edh because oh, it's four yeah, players yeah, yeah. right right like because if it's 1v1 it's not a big deal right you expect to win percentage is so much lower right like right. It's, so yeah uh with that being said my honorable mention for the month of september is talion mm-hmm. uh had had two top 16s this month uh overall win percentage was 35 percent uh which is about 10% above average. It's really good, really good win percentage uh, for a deck right out the gates. And I just, I think it's a deck to keep your eyes on. Mm -hmm. I think that it is continuing my, what is this now? Is this the third month in a row? It's the third month in a row. I have put a blue black control deck (laughs) as my honorable mention. Uh, but this is the one that I feel like the most like oh I think God, this right. is I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh it is it's on course, I think, to be in my top ten. Uh mm. but I think it's it just it's, yeah, it's this brand new. Stupid. The card's so I, stupid. It's insane. It's it's going in all like I'm playing it in Rog's high, Cal. Like I'm yeah. that's it's it's a dumb, 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 dumb magic card. I literally did a coaching session or a coaching gameplay session where it was like the whole game was warped around. Someone had Talion in the command zone. Another person had it in the 99 and a third person copied it. And it was like, that was the whole fucking game. (laughs) Talion to me feels like it is what we thought the Orcish Bowmasters was going to be. Like a lot or is at minimum a lot closer remember how we thought that like mm. orcish bowmasters were going to completely warp games around it which it does to some extent 
But I actually think Talion does that in a much more impactful way because it directly impacts life total and card advantage at the same time. Mm. Yeah, for me, Talion really just is like it's another Ristic study and the life chip away is like nice. Right. I don't think it's well, like, you know, we should be we, we should ban Ristic study. I mean, I I actually don't disagree with that take. I think Ristic study is inherently bad for the the game. <laughs> like I, I, in general, I think Ristic and Mystic are not great. The, they're a punisher mechanic that can be directly affected by your opponents. Um, yeah, I don't know. But also like. Bowmasters would also take care of this whole problem anyways. So any yeah. any of those cards. I'm not like pro bands. I just think like in an objective vacuum, uh, there are certain cards that would just make the meta healthier if they were gone, right? Like I'm not right. a band Oracle person. I'm not uh, a band, you know, Underworld Breach person. I'm not a band Adnaz person. I think those I like the rock, paper, scissors of those cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I think like cards that fundamentally punish an archetype for no reason while other archetypes get away with it like bowmasters are like shitty and they, they're not great yeah. for the format i don't think talion's that bad though like i think talion is like it's decently easy enough to play around like right i don't think that like the two life adds up for sure but it adds up right it's not like it's immediately like i cannot cast two drop spells right, right? well um, it's it's i think the reason i kind of say like put it in that like category is because you can play it like specifically when it is your commander Mm -hmm. i think that it punishes that in a way that other things can't um and i think when you play it as your commander it just like immediately like it's it's card draw and card punt like draw punishment at the same time Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. which is or not draw punishment but like card punishment punishment in a way uh at the same time so it's kind of one part tim well, not timna but it's like one part ristic study to uh one part shieldred right mm-hmm. so i i like that about talion but that card says player yeah. lose life right it doesn't say like deals damage to them correct okay correct. i was gonna say you can't just slap a curiosity on talion right <laughs> like no, no. <laughs> that would be insane um that would be absolutely bonkers but, uh, but uh, you know uh, i was talking about this with someone the other day it was like i i don't think like like the format's in a weird place where it's you just encouraged to play blue black X right now. And it's yep. not because of Thoracle, it's because of the fact that you get Ristic, Mystic, Italian, like mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one ring. Like just oh, crazy. Man. Yeah. I and then you I, get Esper and get you know, Esper Sentinel and, and Grand Balsher and like it's just it's Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I think blue black mm-hmm. is just a uh, you get a lot of card draw, you get a lot of card, mm-hmm. you get a lot of answers and you got a lot of like uh, acceleration that you yeah, don't yeah. get in other colors. And I think like the decision tree being like, do I want to play like what the third color is? If you're mm-hmm. going to play one, I think is really mm-hmm. interesting because they all kind of bring different things to the table. Yeah. Um, and so it all kind of depends on what type of game you're looking to play. And so, like, I I think that's all really fascinating, and I could probably talk about that in and of itself for an hour and a half. Uh, but S- side note, this is a question for you. Yeah, do you think now that we have Talion mm-hmm. and the One Ring, mm-hmm. do you think Nauseless Blue Farm is a thing? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I thought yeah. it was a thing before that. TBH. Yeah. Like, I think I, I think I might try that this weekend. I I think Nauseless Blue Farm is. 
if it's not all, if it was not like, I already thought it was viable mm-hmm. pre all of this, but now yeah. it's just yeah. like, I don't see why I need NAS in my control deck. Yeah. Like it, it, this was one of the things we talked about with Arden Silas, right? Was Arden mm-hmm. Silas had the, we, we were looking at the list and we looked at the average CMC and it was like 1.2. It was like up there with fucking rog sai in terms mm-hmm. of like how low to the ground it was. And we were like, mm-hmm. oh, we could probably slap a Nas in this and see how it goes. And so we play tested that. We were mm-hmm. just like, fuck, this Nas is like absolute ass. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't think Tim Necrom or, you know, Tivit or any of these decks are particularly right. well positioned to really well take advantage of Nas. Yeah. And uh, I just, the games you win with Tim Necrom are the games where you sit there and you just go, okay, I'm going to play this. I'm going to draw some cards. I'm going to mm-hmm. interact a little bit. And then, oop, yep. here's my window gone. Yep. And I fully, fully think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. As I said, I'm going to give it a shot this weekend. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But I think I, the more I've been playing the deck, the more I'm like, I don't I don't play for the ad nas. If anything, it feels like a bait sometimes. And I'm playing mm-hmm. worse cards because I'm playing Nas. Uh, so like, yeah, why am I playing this? <laughs> you, you have know? to play like a bunch of rituals and like a bunch of rocks that you don't really want to be on. Yep. And yep. it's just like, why am I playing this for this card that I Agreed. don't even know that I want to be playing anyway? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love that you and I are on the same page about this. Mm-hmm. It's okay. it's you and I are a lot more similar players than I think a lot of people are like aware of. We just like skew to different sides of the same yeah. play style. I, think I, I also, yeah, I, I tend to be more creature heavy as a yeah. player, right? Whereas you're definitely a lot more on the, the non-creature side. side of things. Yeah. Yeah. But we both, we both ultimately like playing control. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. we have a thing. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said let's get into this top 10 number 10 for you ian is you had thrash bruce there last month what do you got there at 10 i got uh the king himself kenrith kenrith the um, return king kenrith the return king you know i, I it's always a deck i just kind of like all right sure it's here right whatever mm-hmm. like I don't know. <laughs> but uh but it is a deck that i don't know it just does the thing consistently enough i think a lot of people who are smart about it um are playing the deck in a way that it is just like kenrith is a five color infinite mana outlet right that's all it needs to be i think for a long time people have tried to make kenrith a lot more than it is and if the game stalls out and you get kenrith out (laughs) hell yeah like good job you have the best toolbox in the command zone right right but that is not what kenrith excels at that is not what kenrith is good at so just play it as a five color value pile. Um, it's super boring. It's super like whatever. Um, now, that being said, there's the other complete version of this deck, which is what um, PTD has been playing with this. Mm-hmm. And this is like the the King's Kitten version of this deck, which is also a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this deck is like displace your kitten combos it has Luris in there it uses dead eye navigator combos right like it's that this it's almost like an evolution deck in a way it's it reminds me a lot of of like hires original kenrith evolution lists like i'm talking about like mid covid like evolution project that's what i immediately thought of when i saw it yeah Mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of that like all especially all dead eye stuff like it definitely um yeah yeah higher if you're listening this is this is that they have taken some inspiration 
inspiration from your work for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a very mid rangey Kenrith list. It's not my favorite way to play the archetype, but I also like respect the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting too, right? Like it's like I, it's definitely a deck. I feel like I would watch them play and be like, oh. That's interesting. I'd never thought about the interaction like this, this, and this, right? Like, right. I, I just feel like I'm missing something with this list because it looks a little all over the place, but I know it's not. <laughs> Kenrith is just one of those decks that I've played a lot of Kenrith in my time. Specifically, I've played a lot of uh, Druid Kenrith uh, with like breach lines and yeah. things like that. And it's just like, in really when you can break it you can break it down that no matter what way you build kenrith like all mm-hmm. kenrith decks end up boiling down to very similar pieces yeah. and i just kind of think it's boring mm-hmm. uh but i mean it's putting up reasonable results like a 36 percent win percentage is not anything that's, to snuff at like that's yeah, yeah. Uh, really sure. really good it was the third best performing deck of the month of september so yeah uh very very good results there my number 10 is dargo thrasios completely absent uh from really a lot of zero months. for nine yeah <laughs> zero uh, was, for nine was not a good month for dargo thrasios but yeah. Also, the fact that it was zero for nine should also tell you a little bit about it, which is that not a lot of people were playing. Um, I know like Freedom Waffle and people like that kind of moved over to some other lists for a little bit. We're playing a little bit of other um, things. Have they um, been, I know Freedom played it in Mox Master September and they missed it by the bubble. Yeah. Of, uh, the draws. If I recall, Freedom played a few other things this past month, too. So yeah. like, they were changing it up. But uh, overall, like my point is, is the like the the play rate is down right now from where it has been previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dargo Thras is still very strong. A lot of things I've said in the past about it still apply. I think that people are Dargo's hard to play, right? Like I I think yeah. a lot of people discount how truly difficult Dargo is to play. And Just so is that six of those were in Mox Master September. Six of the uh, of the nine Targos, right? So like, like not a lot it did not get played this month, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh like effectively just did not see play. Yeah. So yep. it's one of those things where I I still have it in my top ten. I still think it's a deck that you really gotta respect. It's very good. Yep. Uh, but as far as what September looks like, it did not do well this month and also just did not it played this month mm-hmm. so and I, I do think uh you know draw gate is a reason that uh yeah. you know it's not up there right like uh <laughs> freedom gate. finished 24th in the standings right but they were 2-2-1 which was literally like they needed one more draw and one less loss and they would have been in the top 16 for this yep. this tournament right so it's like i don't know uh but the the other pilots like <clears throat> with with all the love and respect in the world fucking did not do well with this deck, right? Yeah. Like, and so this this might be a case of like maybe we just have a specialist. We have one person or two people who got one win with the deck, and then the others got zero wins. With it's just it, right? it's so, so like, hard to like gauge it off of one event, right? Yeah, because no, it's for just sure, like for sure. it, it's one of those things where it's just like okay, so it only really got played at one event. Yeah, one person did really well, the rest of them didn't, and it's like okay, well that doesn't mean anything really. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. hard to make a lot of takes from that, but it's also 
hard to rank it at number five like I did last month because mm-hmm. of that too. Like I can't yeah. keep it there. So I still yeah. think it's worthy of being up here in the top 10, but mm-hmm. I don't know that it is my number five right now. Yeah. I think if I were to look at it holistically from a like potential mm-hmm. level, I think it's right up there. But yeah. I think right now it's just underperforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, your number nine for the month of September. You had a tracks of grand unifier here last month. What do you got now? Yeah, that, that card's moved up. Uh, but we have <laughs> we have Niv Niv Mizzet Parun. Um, this deck. Uh, mostly this is mostly off of the back of festival of nights um Mm -hmm. niv's done okay in other spots um i know shauna uh missed out on top 16 at scg columbus uh mostly Mm -hmm. because i think uh she went for some some greedy plays instead of drawing into the top 16 like we were talking about um but then let's talk about festival of nights where uh this deck had a top four Mm-hmm. in Chana's hands we had a completely different player who got top 16 with it and we had another player who lost the winning in to be top 16 with this deck so three players show up to festival of nights one makes top four one makes top 16 one loses the winning in to make top 16 mm-hmm. maybe it was a good tournament for it maybe they read the metagame right but like I feels pretty indicative to me. And, I mean, Shauna and, you know, has a lot of consistent yeah. success with this deck, right? Like, right. I and think, there's definitely something to be said about like someone who is definitely like clearly a a master pilot of their list, right? Like, right. we're not gonna, uh, you know, we're not saying like the deck is secretly cracked and every single other person is just secretly sleeping on it because they're stupid, right? Like, that's not how that works per se, right? But uh, there's something to be said about the fact that this deck is quite strong uh i think it's also tough to play right like it's not you know i think there's gonna be people who jam it into a gilded drake and they're like oh no what went wrong (laughs) yeah there's one of those things where like i think and this is one of the things that uh i like i really enjoy playing shauna when i like Mm -hmm. every pod that i end up playing with shauna it's like one of my favorite games of magic i end up playing uh because she is a very talented control pilot and knows what she's doing and uh you ha- kind of ha- that's kind of the biggest knock against niv is mm-hmm. you do have to be that in order mm-hmm. to get the most out of this deck yeah because it is like in control decks like that in general are mm-hmm. the less of the control decks that don't have escape valves like thos's oracle or breach yep. to fall yep. back on end up getting infinitely harder to play so you have to be super tight. Um, yep. And I think that's the maybe the biggest downfall of Niv is that Niv yeah. just doesn't have all the 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 easy outs that other decks mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's super, super fair. I think um, the deck is. Yeah, it, it's I mean, it's, it's strong, right? Like it is it is hard to argue that the deck is is not powerful, right? Yeah. Niv is just a powerful engine on its own. Um, it's definitely a. a it's got the stacks problem, right? Where it's yeah. like stacks is not objectively a bad archetype. It is just it takes kind of a master to pilot it correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you can't you have zero margin for error when you play stacks. Or it, if you do have margin for error, it's very, very minimal, right? right. And uh I think the the sort of like archetypal control decks of the format uh have the same issue, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, you gotta counter the right spell at the right time. You can't 
do the Baral thing where you were like, yes, look at all my counter spells I'm holding up. It's like, no one's going to let you get away with that. Right. They're going to make you counter the first scary thing and then they're going to whoop your ass. Yep. <laughs> right? Like, that is... There's only, only so many free counter spells in the format. That's exactly it. Oh, there's a, there a cat hair in my tea. Oh, no. It's the worst possible timeline. <laughs> <laughs> This is the dark timeline. Quick, this get, your, get your eye patch. Uh, I don't know. And I know there's someone out there in the audience who's like, yeah, fuck this guy. If that's the worst timeline. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, Anyways, if, all that being said, control, very, very hard to play. Very, very good if you can make it work, right? Yeah. And I think there's a reason, right? Like why like Tim Necrom and Tivit and even Talion, right? Are the... Mm-hmm control decks that are really good and continue to see a lot of success and it's because hey it turns out having blue and black with like the best win con in the game is like the best escape valve because you're like like blue black control decks have have it so easy because you're literally at any given moment like a tutor away from winning the game Mm -hmm. and it's just like any other control deck just is automatically in my mind judged against that because you have to have that control that release valve and uh what your release valve looks like is insane but like niv yeah. keeps putting up results niv so. is i mean it, the deck is strong right it is it is definitely very very solid and it's uh you know the one card win conditions with your commander help a ton right right um i the, my biggest complaint about this deck is the fact that i i feel like i keep being like i don't know how this deck does not just lose to losing its commander one time, but <laughs> I, for some reason it doesn't. Right. Um, so for me, that's like my biggest thing is like, I would want a backup outlet. I know the, the top 16 Niv list was also playing Glinthorn Buccaneer is basically like a backup Niv, which I appreciated. I think that's like a way I would like to build the deck just mm-hmm. to like have that, that other way of being like, okay, here's, here's my way of like, right. not just losing to Niv dying. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably more inclined to play it more like Shauna, but that mm. should be the surprise of absolutely zero, nobody. Zero percent surprise. <laughs> zero percent. Zero out of zero people were surprised. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my number nine for the month of September, August, I have Dehada here. This month, this is where I have Kenrith. Mm. Uh, I think, like I said, when you were talking about it just a moment ago, Kenrith, uh, 36% win percentage overall. Um, only two top 16s, which is kind of like lower than you feel like you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, a 36% win percentage is nothing to yeah. scoff at. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, it is down from number six for me last month, but I still think it's really good. I love where it's mm-hmm. positioned. You can only get go so bad with five color commanders, right? So yeah. it's 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 good. It's five colors. Yeah. It's like Thrasios, but more expensive. And yeah, that's that's the that's yeah. the take. I think I think I, I do have a bit of a qualm when people compare Thrasios and Kenrith. Mm-hmm. Um, like yes, they're both outlets in the command zone, but Thrasios is like turns on your fierce guardianships, turns on your mox amber, turns on your deflecting swats, turns yeah. on your deadly rock, right? Like that's like a I feel a like huge that part, part of, of Thrasios conversation gets ignored a lot, right? Like maybe Thrasios isn't like paying for for Thrasios is not good anymore, right? Like right. not not in the meta where it is. But uh, having a fierce guardianship on turn two is good, <laughs> you know. So food for thought. Absolutely. 
Uh, number eight for you. You had Kenrith here last month. What do you got here? Yeah, Malcolm Timna. Um, this one, I feel like it moved around a little bit. Uh, I know it was on my list before and it's been a little bit, you know, up and down all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last month it wasn't on mine, but yep. the month before that, I know it was like number six. Right. Yep. Um, oh, my God. Or it was number 10 the month before. Excuse me. Number 10. OK, OK. So it's moved up a little bit. Um, but the deck is just so consistent, right? Like it is, mm-hmm. it's, it is less sexy Tim Necrom, right? Esper baby. Esper baby. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it does its thing, right? It does the thing decently. It's, it's one of the best jeweled Lotus decks in the format. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, uh, our, our, you know, player eliminated at the top 16 of festival went like three Oh and four in the Swiss with it. Like, just absolutely destroyed it right do you want to know what its win percentage for september was probably something fucking cracked right it was 41 percent. 41 percent is so far above average like that's like truly astounding yeah and which is crazy because i like it it, as a as a deck it bugs me so much because like i keep going but how does it actually keep fucking winning the game and people are like yeah you just play thorful and it's like no come on like that can't be actually how people keep winning with this deck i love a redundancy of win cons but they keep doing it you know what i mean like it just it keeps happening and i i don't know like the deck i mean obviously it has like bowmasters to like control the mid game but like um, for example, the the list that or the list that went deep on um, in Festival of Nights, like I, I literally am looking through, and it's like the other win con is mnemonic betrayal if they lose their Thoracle, and it's like they don't even have a lab man in the deck, right? Like they don't even have Doomsday. Like, <laughs> well, that's know? just objectively correct. Like, you think Doomsday <laughs> out is like the the move? I I think Doomsday has never been the move ever. And I think that people who were playing Doomsday were living in a 2006 Magic world. Yeah. Uh, and that's fair. And I, I was, I was playing a Tim Necrom Doomsday for a while, like two years ago, and it was, it was so much fun. It was not Doomsday's very fun. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah. it's very fun. But I just, I, I've never bought it. Like, you, yeah. you are always the biggest downside with Doomsday, right? Mm-hmm. Is you are putting a card in the wrong spot in your pile away from losing at any given time. And it's just mm-hmm. like not worth it in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, like, for sure. It is. It is ballsy ball in for sure. Like yeah. that is. <laughs> uh, so number eight for you, Malcolm Timna mm-hmm. number eight for me is second month in a row. Rog Sai. Mm-hmm. Number eight. It is the most like, you know what Rogsai is? I've used I, I've called it a lot of things. Rogsai mm-hmm. is what happens when you settle. Uh because so so you know how sometimes in life you meet people and they just settle on these like people that are fine, but they're not like spectacular, they're not amazing. Uh-huh. They're just like they're okay. They're solid uh-huh. sixes, right? Yeah. And uh Rogsai is that. Uh, okay. Rogsai is super steady. It's it, uh-huh. it, it, it's reliable. It's got a good family. It's got a car. It's got a reasonable mid level job. Like uh-huh. that's what Rogsai is. And yeah. Wow. It, it it kind of the the metaphor feels like it, it's like trying to like it might sound like I'm coming like hot at 
rog side, but I'm not like I'm actually yeah. complimenting it a lot because it's like the steadiest deck in the format. It just sure. month after month after month, it's like, here's my 30% win rate and here's my 30% win rate and mm-hmm. here's my 30% mm-hmm. win rate. And it's yeah. just like slightly above average. Mm-hmm. It brings in, it brings home the bacon, baby. It, if listen, like I said, it's got that mid paying job. Sure. It's never going to be like the boss boss, but it's somebody else's boss. So okay. like mm-hmm. it's a supervisor at yeah, some yeah. place. Okay. Uh, but that's, it, that's what Rogsai is. I think it's good. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like same things I've been saying about it for months is if you want a deck to make top seat to get to top 16, Rogsai is a great deck for that. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. want a deck to go deep into top 16, it's going to be hard something else yeah um, yeah yeah okay. like it's 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 very yeah. it's the average deck of the format and i love rogsai for that mm-hmm. reason like uh I don't, I, I, I don't think i can agree with you but that's we'll talk about it later yeah <laughs> i mean i i just i keep looking at the stats and every month it is exactly the same which is really good but like yeah you know same stats every single month i think i think it's also experiencing uh weirdly enough like you know we always say like people play blue farm like rogsai right Mm -hmm. i think people are playing rogsai like they think they should play rogsai is also a part of it and we can talk about that a little later yeah i i i uh what was it i i goldfished a bunch of hands with it Mm -hmm. and i was just like man i have never goldfished a deck that is the least me deck i could humanly Mm -hmm. imagine like i I truly adore it what'd you say (laughs) I truly adore it. To be yeah, honest, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I would, I, if I could get myself into the headspace of playing this, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I would love it. But it's just yeah, yeah. not the way I play. Like I, I look at these opening hands, and yeah. I'm just like, bad card, bad card, bad card, bad card. Oh, for and sure. Yeah, like, all the cards suck for sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, why do I want this random two drop talisman? What does this do mm-hmm. for me? And it's mm-hmm. just like, I, I played too much Timna and. Thrasius Timna and too much Tivit in my day. Mm-hmm. Can't get into the, the Gober headspace. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's what I have at number eight. Number seven, what do you got there, Ian? Well, Callahan, at number seven, I've got uh, our favorite game show based commander, <laughs> Najila the Blade Blossom. Um, oh, boy. Najila's fallen from grace this month. This is, she, you had her at number one last month. I did. I did. She has been getting fucking dunked on. And this has been the story of Najila since I have been playing this stupid format. <laughs> yeah. Where and I thought maybe, I thought maybe NBC Najila might change the math on this equation. But no, we were literally in the exact same fucking circumstances <laughs> that we were in like years ago, right? And mm-hmm. the, the situation is, and it happens every time, is Najila does really well for a while, like mm-hmm. absolutely crushes people. And then people start going, oh, Najila is the best deck. Mm-hmm. And then Najila sucks because Najila cannot be the target of all the removal. Mm-hmm. Like when you are in the games where you're casting Najila for seven and the rest of your hand is like, OK, well, it, it tutors yeah. for Derevi. Um, and then I don't have any card advantage and Najila keeps dying and nobody will let me have fun. And like, no, you're never going to do well with Najila yeah. in those circumstances. Let's, let's like I want to take a look at these numbers. like. I mean, even Memo, who's like, was absolutely just 
obliterating people throughout the year has just been like falling flat with this deck, like 18th, 19th, 20th yeah. performances. Talk, talking um, with Memo, the, yeah. the, the, uh, impression I got from it, Memo is that uh, Bowmasters has hurt the deck in a con- like in a yeah. very real, considerable yeah. way. Like the way yeah. we thought Bowmasters was going to hit Dork decks, it yeah. hit Najila. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. like it is like they are literally looking at tech against Bowmasters. That's how bad yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, like like Spellskite Najila probably is a good thing to be on right now, right? Probably like honestly, on it regardless. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. But like, yeah, I, I think, you know, um, I, I had one of my coaching patrons like do pretty well at festival and like they squeaked in, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they squeaked in. I mean, like the, the win percentage for the month of September was uh 30%. Uh, mm-hmm. Also important to note that it was like the third most or excuse me, fourth most played deck uh, in the month of September. So I think yeah. there is some, I, I think there also is some of the Tivit Timna prom like mm-hmm. aspect to it where yeah because of cedh's popularity a ton of eyes are on it right now yeah and so a ton of people are playing it and there are a lot of people who don't mm-hmm. understand how najila math works and don't yeah. know when to pivot onto which lines and stuff like that but i also bow masters has hit it pretty hard too so, yeah and i really find it interesting like I know you and I are using EDH top 16 for a lot of these conversations, but like mm-hmm. every little adjustment that we look at for the data, I think matters a lot. Right. So for mm-hmm. example, I just edited the data that I'm looking at to like over a hundred, right? Like mm-hmm. people at the tournaments and like a lot of these numbers shift around a lot. Yep. Right. If you look at, as opposed to like these 60 something person tournaments, right. Yeah. Which if you think about some of those top 16s, right. Like you can go two and three, for example, at bonfire, right. I missed out on breakers making top 16 with a two, three record. Right. Right. Which is like, you know, not the worst record in the world, but it's not like an exceptional record. Right. right? Like I was 17th place with the two and three. Right. So that's the, the more you look at the larger tournaments, I think the, the clearer some of these delineations become, right. Like Mm -hmm. you start to be like, okay, well what's actually getting in when it's 160 people, 120 people. Right. Right. That's, that's the stuff that's interesting to me for sure. Yeah. Uh, my number seven was I had Tyam here. I am mm-hmm. is no longer here. Uh instead mm-hmm. it is back back on the billboard charts. It's a tracks yeah. grand unifier. We talk about Tyam's record, sorry, for this month. Uh with the uh, tournaments of a hundred plus people, zero for five. Uh, I think with tournaments of sixty plus people, it was zero for nine. Like it just it, just it, it also didn't even make the ten entries mark. So it also just oh, yeah. didn't get played the month this month very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's also that part to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Attraxa on the other hand is had a exceptionally good month. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had a forty two percent win percentage. Yep, which yep. is bonker billies, and mm-hmm. eight top sixteens, eight top sixteens. Like, yep. it's it's that, that is how I would describe bonker billies for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, it, it's like a, a tracks just, it's one of those things yeah. where we, 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 I don't know how many, how many times in a row we can say this. I mm-hmm. don't understand how the deck wins. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of getting it now. I, I, I've seen it play enough. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it play enough, but when mm-hmm. I try to play it, mm-hmm, I'm just mm-hmm. like, why is this? It's so awkward. 
And mm-hmm. I and I understand it plays on like a very different axis than maybe mm-hmm. some other like I know a lot of people call it like bad Tivit or whatever, but like it mm-hmm. it, it, it plays differently than Tivit. Yeah. Um so I I like it a lot. I mm-hmm. think that I want to see another month because remember like in August, it just kind of like fell off the face of the earth. Yep. Um, And then all of a sudden it was just like, here's the best month we've seen in like a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so you know how like back in the day, Tim Nathrasios, the worst card in Tim Nathrasios used to be Tim Nathrasios, right? In mm-hmm. the sense of like, they, they weren't the cards you're playing, right? right? Like in, 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 in the same way that like, there are some games with Tivit where you never cast Tivit, yeah. right? I think Atraxa is very similar. Yes. Right? It is, it is a deck that exists on the back of the fact that you just have four good colors, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this, this deck is not a, an Atraxa deck as much as it is, like, this is a four-color soup pile with a control finisher in the command zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the the transition point from when you go, because like Tivit takes a while to accrue the mm-hmm. advantage. Right. But Atrax is able to very quickly convert the late game into a win because you're able to go like uh, seven mana draw four or more. Right. And then next turn, you're like, hmm, I'm going to play two mana to either flicker or a copy or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. OK, now I'm drawing four or five more. It's like, OK, great. Also, here is seven life link in the air. Which is really actually relevant. Right. Um, I literally played a game at this weekend at Vegas, right, where I uh, lost my fastest Oracle very early in the game because I was borrowing an Atraxa deck, right? And I was like, oh, well, there's other wind cons from this Oracle. Put it under Chromox, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm tutoring, I go, hmm, I don't think I have another wind con in this list. I look through, pass it to somebody else. They're like, yeah, you don't have another wind con in this list. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Apart from that, it was like manual kit and flickering bowmasters, right? Like it was not great um and definitely not how i would build the list for sure uh <laughs> but i was like okay i'm staying in the game i don't even have to be much. no endurance no praetor's grasp no mnemonic betrayal literally no Any other ways to chain? win this game like there's yeah you can make infinite mana okay. with food chain and then do nothing with it <laughs> okay yeah so i was like okay cool and you know how i won that game commander damage <laughs> yeah that checks out I just ground the game out to a halt. Like I, like I put a Rhystic study on the board. I put a, a smothering tithe on the board. I had a handful of counter spells and I was like seven, seven, seven. And that was the fucking game, right? Like, and I think that genuinely, uh, you know, it's the reason we've been talking about Thrasios decks are dying in this format mm-hmm. because like they can't, how can you outgrind that? Right? right. Like it's a clock and card advantage at the same time. Th- same thing with Tivit, right? Like you, how is one Thrasios or two Thrasios activations a turn ever going to stand up to that plus a flying body in the air that's putting pressure in your life total? Yeah. It, it, it's, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Thrasios is still well positioned, but I think like the way Thrasios Timna needs to play is different than how it used to play and this is Mm -hmm. this is a thing that i'm going to talk about on a future podcast eventually but i'm I'm going to dig into more is that i think our i think we need to rethink green and how we play green um and i think that is really what thrasios comes down to um and i actually really would be interested in that conversation for sure yeah it it, it's i i've been doing a lot of like stuff in soul tie uh which 
originally started off as me like trying to brew with uh Sidisi, yeah, you're coping right? with Sidisi, for but sure. what it ended up being was just like okay how do i brew soul tie in general and a, a lot of the conclusions i've been making is that i just don't play dorks like that's yeah. basically the gist uh what it, in identifying what it is that green does really well and how to use that to your advantage because I think what we need to understand is, is like you said earlier, the format right now is in a place where black, blue X decks are incredibly well positioned. Right. So we know what black, blue, white does. We know what black, blue, red does. Now right. we have to figure out what does black, blue, green do. And mm-hmm. I think that green, like, I don't think green is worse than it's ever been. I think it's just, we have to rethink uh, how we play green. I, I think I, I'm, I will contest you that, just because of the existence of Orcish Bowmasters, like green is worse than it's ever been, right? Like just well, sure, you uh, can't just sit on like, dorks, you can't just do yeah. stuff like that. But I don't know I that mean, maybe sitting on dorks was ever the right thing to begin with. Well, so. I think about the power of fucking Bloom Tender, right? Like that card's insane, mm-hmm. right? And that card is just in- invalidated by this format and the the pace of the game so much nowadays because of Bowmasters, right? Like right. Bloom Tender is fucking cracked, and it literally I remember saying before Bowmasters was printed. That last chaos tournament I played with Dawnmaker, I was like, Bloom Tender became a deck, a card that I didn't include in the list to the best card in the deck. Right. I literally said that out loud, the best card in the deck. And then immediately, Bowmasters were printed and invalidated the best card in the deck. And it's yeah. like, well, shit, why am I playing this list right now? Right. right. Or, or why am I playing it as is, you know? Yeah. Bowmasters definitely shook a lot of things up. But yeah. I, I, this, is, this is why I, I say I think we need to rethink green. And I yeah. think we need to reapproach how we look at green and what we use mm-hmm, green mm-hmm. for. And uh, I've got some interesting ideas on that. Uh, yep. But I actually, one of them is I actually think that Sylvan library is now the best that it has ever been. And it's like this, it's stocks just keep going up, but uh, that's, that it's, yes. that's, that's that a whole good. other conversation. I, I think a podcast talking about like blue, black X decks and what each of those colors bring to the table would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Najila here at number seven for you. My number seven was Atraxa. Number six, you had Sisse Weatherlight Captain here last month. Ian, what do I you have did. here now? I have coming in from the absolute sidelines. Okay. <laughs> Kenneth Malcolm. Let's okay. go. Absolutely not on this list. And now just just going to Dunk City. This deck coming out of nowhere. Um, big, big shout out to Samurai Dancer, who's uh, a player who's been around for a bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they've been working on this Kedis Malcolm list and doing really well with it. I think, you know, uh, I I don't know, like, if it's just like coincidence or whatever, but like I, I did the top 16 where I played my version, which definitely was like pretty raw, right? Um, right. I made that top 16 with it. Uh, and I was feeling really good about the deck. I was like, it is performing really well. It's just very consistent. You know, I called it Bad Kinnon, which is kind of like the energy it gives off for sure, right? But like Bad Kinnon with a win card, win come with the commander, nuance, 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 whatever. Um, it's <laughs> it's a decent archetype, right? But I wasn't even playing the the hack combos, right? The right. ones where you change the your text of your cards to pirates. Um, There's a lot of the innovation in the archetype I wasn't even on. And, uh, you know, then Samurai Dancer came in absolutely doing very well with this archetype. Um, And it's, uh, it's just been performing pretty decently. Yeah. And um, what is, what are you plugging? Unplugging and plugging. My computer is for some reason having that 
it like keeps doing that. I'm not like touching it. <laughs> computer. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Computer. Fucking chill. All right, bud. Enough. Uh, but yes, it wasn't. Now you see, I've I've done it. Did it not have more than five entries? Is that why? Yeah, <laughs> I I filtered it out. Uh, because like my a lot oh, it only of had mine, three entries. Yeah, yeah, my my whole thing was it had to like decks that I included need to be played at least ten times. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it wasn't there, with the exception of Dargo, uh, yeah. I I did not include yeah. them. Yeah, Dargo so was my, I, my my performance in Malcolm Kettis I think was like right before our last top mm-hmm. ten, right? Yep. Um, but that's you know it, two two people brought it to Mox Master September, right? Mm-hmm. And both of them had top 16 records uh because of the draw issue we were talking about um one of them went two one and two right which is i think if if anything exacerbates how bad of a problem this is the fact that a player went two one and two and did not make top 16 because of how many people drew into the top 16 like that's crazy like two one and two never misses the top 16 but anyways that's that's a whole i I think what needs to happen honestly not to derail this is you tos need to just say you cannot intentionally draw games mm-hmm. until a certain point yeah like that's i i agree i have been saying that as well like yep. like you have to wait like 40 minutes into id or whatever right like and then people won't want to at that point yeah <laughs> um but yeah uh, so two two top 16 worthy records of the three decks that played it and then one person played at festival and did quite badly but that's okay yeah. <laughs> uh, i yeah i just think it's been doing very well and like if you expand the net out a little bit like you can see that it's been doing pretty decently in the past like month and a half malcolm kettis is one of those lists that kind of emphasizes this point of that i've been making for a while which is there's so much unexplored space in the format that a deck like this can just pop off for Mm -hmm. a little bit and and be really strong and it's just there's so much room like There's so many commanders that just we haven't even touched, right? Yep. And so it's like I don't know. Maybe there's something out there that is actually the yep. the, the best thing on the planet. We just haven't got it yet, and that's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, think about like even like Lotho, right? Like I know um, Zeb from playing with power yeah. has been playing that deck a decent amount, but like I'm pretty sure he's the only one I've ever heard of talking about this card. And I'm yeah. like, it's still pretty freaking viable. Like I think that's easily like a mid-range deck and it's like no one's talking about it at yeah. all like even slightly so it's like okay if that's happening there what else is happening i know for a fact i've i have like uh moxfield files i'm like this is definitely like a strong archetype that i'm not comfortable to bring to a format or a tournament right now i was like but it's still i think an extremely viable deck that literally i've never seen yeah. you know like partner combinations archetypes like all sorts of stuff honestly something so that i've to, been bro. One of those cards for me has honestly been Hogak, where I've been playing around with Hogak a bunch, and I'm just like, yeah. "Oh, this card is still just cracked in half." Like, it, I have thought about that card a lot. Yeah, it's still really good. Uh, one of the things yeah. that I kind of real realized with it, I was, I was like, "Oh, this is brain freeze for non-red decks." Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, in the command zone, I assume, right? Uh, no? The the way I was building it was I was playing it in the '99, so I was like. Uh, the replacement for uh, what's it called for like breach brain freeze was Hogak or right. yeah. uh, what is it alter and yeah yeah you don't need a lot to set that up either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like Dargo takes up a lot of that space. Yes, if I'm being honest, it does. Um, 
but it's definitely something worth exploring. But for sure. like that's that that's kind of what I've been messing around with. Uh, that's kind of where my evolution has been. Is I've actually I'm actually building like a Thrasios Timna like mm-hmm. not quite graveyard deck, but it is right. sort of uh, synergistic. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And it it just kind of plays on like a different axis than it has in mm-hmm. the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, number six, Malcolm Kettis. Um, my number six is also a Malcolm deck. This is where I have Malcolm Timna also coming in off the sidelines mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one percentage point off from how good attracts did this month. Yep. And the reason I have it higher is I think Malcolm Timna is proven itself as being a consistently good deck mm-hmm. for a very long time. And I think yep. now is the time to just say, okay, this is a top 10 deck and mm-hmm. it has to earn its way out of the top 10 at this point. Agreed. Um, yep. Like it's just, it, it's a, it's a great deck. I think all Esper decks yep. are incredibly well positioned right now. Um, blue, black, white. If you like playing control, baby, those are the best colors to be yep. in. So uh, Agreed. I, I like Malcolm Timna a lot. Yep. Uh, number five for you, you had Rogsai here last month. What do you have here? Uh, TNK baby. Yeah. Timna and Krom. It is great deck. Still doing its thing, still very powerful. Um, I think there's just not enough pilots playing it the mm-hmm. best way. I also have it here number five as well. Yeah. So I think it's it's just it's you know, um I think if if Brian Koval was every Timnacron pilot, the deck would look a lot better. You know, the the, the wild um, thing is though, the last couple of events that he's played it in, he's not done well with them so it's just like I, I thought he was playing Tivit in that last event he played it he in the last one he did but the two events before that he played timna um mm, in between okay. that and the one that he won yeah uh, he like didn't even he like oh three dropped well yeah it's interesting because cobalt also like is uh like it, the tournaments he won he always like would sneak in at like 14th and 15th yeah. and then win the whole thing right so i think he he like struggles in certain Swiss matchups. I feel like, and maybe now that he has a bit of a reputation, he's he's getting uh, a little more targeted. Which yeah. is the you know welcome to the club. Yeah, uh, <laughs> welcome to Survivor, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>... yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean it's interesting, right? I think um, I don't know. I I think the deck is still very good, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know the uh, the play second plan is still very good. I think I am definitely in the camp of like, I'm really excited to see what happens if I play a nauseless version of this deck. Yeah. And that might be what my weekend is, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I also, uh, I'm also playing with some displacer kitten tech too. You need to send me that you. list because I have thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, sure. uh, yeah, I also have Malcolm Tim or excuse me, Tim Necrom here. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, kind of the same thing i feel about rogsai right is it's yep. like it, it's literally two percentage points b- below rogsai as far as like win percentage uh right there at 30 percent win percentage it's above average it's the mm-hmm. it's that mid-level bureaucrat deck like that's it's mm. good Love consistent it. it's got a it, you know what it makes 80k mm-hmm. a year it will pay the mortgage you're gonna I have want, a nice you're gonna have a nice minivan like i'm done with them <laughs> if you want a good steady husband tim Nakram is where you look um, anyways my number four <laughs> is uh quite different from your number four yeah i assume uh because you've already mentioned this card my number four is rogsai yeah. 
beep beep. Um, the vroom vroom beep beep machine is fucking cracked. I don't know, man. Like I I, I see everything you say about this deck, mm-hmm. right? I get it. I get where you're at. I also think like I thought the deck was good. Mm-hmm. I thought the deck had flaws. The Tudor Foristic study play patterns are fucking insane. Like the amount of times I've been like, oh no, old Rogsai would be so out of this game. And it's just like, but this is new Rogsai. But now imagine okay. the Tudor for Ristic study game plan with a deck that's actually good. <laughs> I can't. I can't even get down this line with you. No, I, I, I think love you, Rogsai. It's it's fine. I I just think like it's it has so much raw power, right? Mm-hmm. Like over the weekend, so it, it, it's my new favorite convention deck, by the way, because normally CEDH games at a convention take forever, right? right. Um, but this was my last game of the night deck, and it was awesome because I won on turn one several times. I died on turn one several times. It was sweet. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, there were literally several games where I was like, uh, when one of my favorite examples is like, I went, okay, turn one, uh, Lotus Battle, Rograk, Culling the, the Week, Tainted Pact for my brain freeze uh, play Underworld Breach. And it was just like, okay, that's the game. It was over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it does have that raw potential. And I'm not saying the speed is every aspect of it, but there were also a game where I played a Ragavan early on and I had a Mystic Remora and I hit someone, took their Mystic Remora, and I had a Ristic Study and Mystic or a Ristic Study and two Mystic Remoras. You know what I mean? And I was able to outgrind that game because, you know, uh, uh, who wouldn't at that circumstance? Here, right? Here's the thing about that, though, that blows my mind is the fact that yeah. people cast spells into your two Mystic Remoras is the problem right like the well, they, they ran out of time right like it was it was just a value of like okay they eventually have to do something right because it as soon as one person does literally anything it ends up in the situation where okay well there's a tivit player here the tivits on the table they've got to cast this or like the tivits the clock right so yeah. everyone else was like oh shit we gotta get out from under the clock right and like like the stuff like that was just happening right so it's not <clears throat> you know and also you can cast spells and make people respond to your spells right mm-hmm. yeah i mean so. there, there, there's obviously more to that but i yeah. think that listen if the reason the deck is really good is because rustic study and mystic remora are really good then there are so many other decks that are better than it uh, yeah, I think it's a little little off the mark, but it's it's more the fact that it can capitalize upon those cards more than any other archetype. Yeah. Right. It it transitions from a deck that like folds to a counter spell to a deck that well, has multiple layers of redundancy. And this is one quick. of the good things about the deck, right, is it is mm-hmm. because because we kind of talked about this earlier, right, where it's like individually, a lot of the cards are kind of like ass. Um It's one of those it's one of those decks where it takes it. I will give you this. It does take advantage of Ristic study because it is Mm -hmm. one of those decks that if you give it like a ton of cards and it just has a bunch of cards in hand, all of those cards suddenly become really good because they are cards that need to be played together in order to work. And so it's one of those things where, you know. Rogsai, in my opinion, will only ever be as good as how bad your opponents are. Um, mm, sure. That's you can also just bring the wrong deck into the table, right? Like it is it is yeah. one of those decks that does punish the meta very hard, right? Like if you're gonna play like 
uh, I think knowing what decks you play, right? Mm -hmm. You are setting yourself up to always be in a situation where you can outmaneuver that deck because of the type of archetypes you yeah, play, right? Fair. I think, you know, the average player playing something like, like for example, like I don't think you'd call certain Hermit Druid decks or like Protein Hulk decks or creature combo lists unplayable, right? right. But like against Rock Size, sometimes they feel that way because of how fast the deck is, right? right? And that's that's where the equation starts to change a little bit, right? Yeah, it's just it's so weird for me because it's like I play Arden against yeah. Rog Silas, and I'm just right. like, man, this deck just like mops the floor yeah. with fucking Rog Rack because sure. it's just like, oh, yeah. you you're playing this zero mana creature on turn one. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the two cards, bud. Uh, yeah. It's just I, I I get what you're saying. I think it's really good. I think that I still stand by what I say is. It just continues to be the mid-tier deck, like because whenever I look at these rate rankings overall, yeah. it's like never going way over thirty percent. It's like mm -hmm. it just sits right at or around thirty percent, which is which yeah. is really good. I'm not saying that's bad, but yeah, that's yeah. right where it sits, yeah. and you know, yeah. I, that's why I say well, it's like the mid-tier. Talked about the top sixteen beforehand too, right? Where it's like it will struggle in the top sixteen. Yeah, yeah I agree completely. Right. Yeah. Uh, my number four, this is where I have Najila. Um, I did have Najila at number two. I'm not punishing it too hard yet because I still think that uh, Najila is one of those decks that is always good. And yes, the meta is currently swinging back against it. But that just means you need to adapt how you play has been my experience with Najila. As somebody who's yep. played a lot of Najila, as somebody who's played against a lot of Najila, uh, the answer is usually you just don't, you just change things up a little bit mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you adjust your play style and yeah. the deck will suddenly be good again. Yeah. Because the, this yeah. is what's wild about Najila is Najila can make like four swaps and it's a control deck. So it's like, yeah. it, it, it's that's, that's really the like, Right now, I feel like control decks are like we're kind of in control winter right now. I feel like mm -hmm. where control is just exceptionally well positioned. Yep. And I I feel like if you're playing Najila right now uh, and you're struggling, I think if you move it closer to Tivit, you're going to have a better mm -hmm. experience than if you move it yep. closer to Rogsai. Um, yeah, I can be on that. It's kind of kind of my whole deal. Uh, yep. Moving on up. Here at number three, what do you have? Number three. Listen, I gotta, I gotta show respect for the deck that's been clowning on the month. That's Atraxa. I mean, it's, it's just had a crazy month. It yeah. genuinely has. It's, it is been dominating. And I don't know if it's the metas that people are playing in or like what, whatever way it's shifting. I think a lot of the pieces that people are playing to hate out Tivit and hate out Kinnon early in the month mm -hmm. um, don't hit Atraxa in the same way. They're similar archetypes, right? But they, they're not quite the same. And I think because of that, Atraxa sort of gets these free wins where, you know, the game goes just like a little too long and you're yep. like, oh, here's Atraxa 1, here's Atraxa 2, and the game's over, right? But it and, can also, like, in the at SCG Columbus, where it's just like, uh, turn 3, Thalsa's Oracle, Tain Impact, do I win? And you're just like, yep. yep. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, at, at the end of the day, it's still a good Esper deck, just mm -hmm. has green, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It's um, it's a very strong archetype. I think the deck is uh, has a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, you know, if you play Turbo Atraxa, you will lose the game. Yep. 
that's that is as as clear cut as I can get with it. I think um, the the balance of green in the deck is really interesting. Like I'm I'm trying out a version that like doesn't have any green tutors in it. Um, but we also saw like the hoarding broodlord version of the deck that came out of one of the more recent tournaments, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um, not my favorite, but I think really interesting. Um, and I think there's a lot of innovations that will be done with this archetype. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, the card just draws you so many freaking cards that like it's crazy. Like uh, also, I don't think anyone's been doing any exploring with like Razakats. Yeah, which is shocking, okay, right. honestly. Right, because like when you can, you you're already playing all of these cards that like synergize with that strategy, right? But like then you can also just neoform your commander into. Yeah, a you had said something about that in your uh, tournament coverage when you were talking about the Brutal Lord yeah. deck, where you mentioned yeah. like I don't know why Razaketh isn't just better than this, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. It, I really agree with that. Where I think that like it's a you, you play so many deck. less cards you don't want to play, yeah. right? In the archetype, <laughs> like saw in half. Right. Like like saw in half or sacrifice. Right. Like those are not the cards you want to be playing in a tracks list, but they are uh, for sure swappable with like lines. I diamond and internal witness, which I would feel much more comfortable playing. Right. right. Like you're already playing displacer kitten. Right. So like literally just add two cards and you're in there. Right. Yeah. Take out the two bad ones. Put in the two good ones. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like <Done> deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, Tivit. This is where I have Tivit. Yep. Uh, I have been backing. I, I backed up my words this month uh, mm-hmm. and I, I stand by, I think Tivit. The only reason I moved it down is because mm-hmm. Tivit, I think is having the Timnacrom problem where yes. too many people are fucking playing it and have no mm-hmm. idea what they're doing. And I just, I agree wholeheartedly. I just, I've talked a lot about that saw <laughs> yeah. over and over and over mm-hmm. people being like, Oh, you turbo at Tivit. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. stop turboing tivit that's not what the deck wants to do mm-hmm. yeah, the d- yeah. the way that i won those games i mean you saw the way like how did i win our match when we were playing an scg con i played a wristic I mean, study and a shield right like yeah yeah sure <laughs> it was i played yeah. two cards that just yeah. drowned everybody out in value mm-hmm. and it's just like come on guys it it performed slightly above average mm-hmm. In the yep. month of June, or excuse me, mm-hmm. September, which is 26%, which yep. when you compare it to the other win rates is mm-hmm. underperforming. However, yep. that is average. Uh, mm. So it performed perfectly average. And if the worst month the deck is going to have is right on average, yep. it's exactly where I want to be. So uh, the deck is incredibly well positioned. You just need to, to just, just, just play smarter. Just mm-hmm. don't stop turboing out your commander. That's not how the deck plays. Yeah. Uh, so I was very intelligent mm-hmm. and definitely did not get confused when shuffling uh, certain cards around and definitely did not forget to put Tivit on my list. And that would be crazy if I had done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was noticing was not- something here that you put in Kedis Malcolm in over Tivit. And mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I have thoughts for you, friend no no i just literally uh, it was in my number two slot then it was in my number three slot and then i replaced one of the decks in there and i just forgot to put it back in the deck the list do you you want to take one out and put it in yeah i mean i probably put it like i probably just move everything down one Mm -hmm. starting at timnacrom like i think tivit's my number five okay yeah moving everything down from timnacrom down one yeah Yep. Okay. Tivit's great. Love Tivit. Uh, had a bad month. It's getting hated out a little bit. Still one of the best decks in the format by far. Yeah. 
Like I, and then this is the thing is the, the wild thing to me is the hate doesn't even really bother it that much. You just mm-hmm. pivot a little bit. Like it, it's, yeah, it's truly astounding. I love the deck. It's so fucking mm-hmm. good. I, uh, I yeah. saw in your updated list, you, uh, moved on to shielded and Talion. Yeah. I mean, that, I was going to do that for a while. Yeah. That's the, look, look, it is what it is. <laughs> I think the shielded stuff is, I, I, I do like, I, it's funny. Uh, we were having a conversation with one of your uh, people in your discord and they were, uh, asking, you know, why don't you play time twister when you play all these yeah. like shielded and Narset? And, uh, my response is basically, well, you aren't playing, you aren't trying to wield people. You're a control deck. You mm-hmm. play windfall because windfall punishes people in very specific windows mm-hmm. and you don't windfall pretty much any other time. Like yep. <laughs> it's uh, for me, I would rather play time twister, but I don't have $6,000. Well, my, my reason for playing windfall is truly, I want it out of your deck. I want it in your graveyard. I play graph Tigger's yep. cage. I play Dothy and I could probably mm-hmm. play more aggressively and play like a, another hate piece and another grave. I think I'm on Dothy, right? Um, I think it was on Dothy. Uh, but regardless, if I'm on Dothy, then you know what? I'm I'm sticking with my windfall choice. Yeah, like <laughs> it, when you're on win, when you're on Dothy and Graph yeah. Cage, I'm just like play windfall. If they tutor, you go. I, I did this multiple times at SCG Con mm-hmm. where somebody would tutor, and I was just like, cool, windfall, and yeah. they're just like, oh, well, you just took the win out of my game or out of my hand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's why I windfalled, and now it's out of your deck. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I'm sticking with Windfall then. I didn't even think about that. It also punishes uh, Ristic Study greedy players mm-hmm. a lot. Right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think, I, I, I think people think Time Twister is better than it is. And it's one of those things where mm-hmm. Time Twister is very good, but I don't think it's better objectively. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's good. Like all of these wheels need to be taken within. Oh, each one has nuance. Yeah. They're all yeah. like all of the wheels are super contextual. Um, but okay. yeah, to is my number three deck. Is that what you want mm-hmm. at your number three? Or uh, it's, it'd be a, my number four. Right? Number four. Okay. 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 Yep. Um, so number two, are our number two and number one the same? We talked about a pre-show. Yeah. Okay. Um, if the two mana one is your number one, yeah, then yeah, that's the okay. Okay, so we're in unison. So, so number two, right. we have it, okay. We, we, we got to say it in unison because okay. we're in unison. Okay, right? one, okay. two, three. With the, right. <laughs> oh, if we want to have Arden here, let's fucking go. Arden, no, crumb, no, no, baby. No, no. Our uh, number two, Dingus, not Arden. The fucking Arden's my number seven thousand. Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, Sisse, what a like, yeah, is our, our number two. Uh, we both have them, have her here. What a fucking month for Sisse, what a turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sisse went from being horribly piloted, nobody knew what was going on, and mm-hmm. performing underperforming to hey, here's a 35% win percentage and a 37% uh conversion rate, had the most top 16s of the month. Yep, like, great month. I think the deck. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. People figured it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but like, uh, you know, with, with all the love in the world, the people who did well with Sissé this month were also the people who were doing well with Sissé beforehand. You know right. what I mean? It's like Baneslayer, me, Malcolm, like a couple other people, right? Like they're all 
they've all been top performances with the deck that is like actually doing pretty well. Uh, and it's been people who, you know, I think what happened was it got attention flooded, right? Mm-hmm. Either A, it was getting hated out of games kind of unnecessarily, uh, or B, it was being played by people who didn't know the lines correctly, right? Like I literally have had coaching sessions with people where I was like, oh yeah, this is the win con line. And I was like, you can do this, this, and this. And they were like, I didn't even see half of those. And I was like, do you know how many wins you give up if you don't see all, all the lines in the deck? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the the deck is crazy when the lines are there, right? But like if you miss those lines, the deck's a lot worse. So you gotta actually be like on that shit. <laughs> like you, you cannot like bring Sisse and and miss those opportunities because it's a deck that can steal wins out of nowhere. And so like you need to be able to steal them. If you if you're trying to play the fair game and like go through combos in a very obvious way, the deck's not gonna do well for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's I fully agree. I I would like to just take a moment. I've been playing Sisse mm-hmm. since the card came out, right? Like mm-hmm. I was one of the first people who was like, oh, this card's really stupid. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I I will I will always feel a little a little good about the fact that I felt like I was a little ahead of the curve on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I I think that I agree with everything you just mm-hmm. said. It's like Sisse is really good in it, like just doesn't care about bowmasters in a way that's very interesting for yep. a creature deck. Mm-hmm. Um but I love it. It mm-hmm. just it does it, again. It's it's everything I love about combo decks. Uh, yeah. It's a toolboxy deck. It does all those things. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big sucker for planeswalkers, and the fact that it makes them playable in CADH is just like mm. I'm so good. My love, I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. how do I play? How do I jam to fairy hero of Dominaria into that deck? Um, probably by playing the Jeggy companion version. Oh no, Hero of Dominaria. Yeah, the, f- the five, the mana, five one? mana one, the big one. Who hurt you? Uh the Ravnica Elite like the oh, Ravnica yeah. uh like standard block. Uh <laughs> I actually do think like that that card's probably the most playable in Grand Arbiter, if I'm being honest. Because that card yeah. at three man is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh but number two, we both have Sisse. Number one, mm-hmm. we have Kinnon Bonder Number Prodigy. One. Hell yeah. Kinnon, now, Kinnon's fact. up here. Hey, remember when I was like, Kinnon is uh, not great, and I had it like, mm-hmm. where, where, where did I have mm-hmm. it? Number nine. Yeah. I, how did them, what, so what, what sort of seasoning have you added to your words? I'm curious how, how your words taste <laughs> now that you're eating your words. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's delightful. I just put a lot of salt on it. Um, no, okay. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. Covered in salt. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's delightful. I love it. I, I love salty Fun food. Um, if you, um, if you filter uh, by entries mm-hmm. and tournament size of greater than 100 participants, uh, what's that? What's that number one deck there? Huh? Weird. It kind of looks like. Uh, Kingdom of Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Weird, strange. No, this deck has just been doing really well. Um, I think, you know, obviously Wounded Satellite showing up and performing very well with it is a huge uh, part of that. Yeah. Pretty consistent, right? Um, but you have myself at Festival of Nights, you have Mike Sad, you have Jorman playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have the fact that it got uh sixth, seventh, and eighth place in Mox Master September. Yeah. Um 
And even the people who are doing bad with the deck are barely missing out on top 16. Yeah. In these larger events. Now, I want to be clear. Some of the smaller events, and this is literally definitive Kinnon problem that has been existing since the deck has been out, mm-hmm. is that people don't do well with it at smaller events, usually in the situation, because they are still learning the deck and mm-hmm. learning the play patterns of the deck. The deck is a deck that has a pretty, not low floor, but it has a floor that is very easy to be standing at the bottom of when you don't get the deck and the play patterns of right like it is it is very easy to be playing the deck badly and so i guess that does mean it has a low floor right? I, I don't know i um, i've seen so many people just like bullshit their way into like oh don't worry about me i'm just playing kinnon i'm just making mana and people just completely ignore the deck and then all of a sudden they activate it right, twice that's how you and play it like, well that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's it. not how you play it badly that's how you play kinnon right yeah. like it's just like you're like oh i'm literally doing nothing and it's true because a lot of the times you will be literally doing nothing you're like oh line flipped in a whole record <laughs> right like and that's sometimes that's just how it works right mm-hmm. um and then other times like you grind out the game you play a mid-range game plan you do things the right way um you know sometimes you, you play good old get, christian uh, magic <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes you perplex and chimera people that's not my particular spice but i get it hey look you know do your thing um I think it's it is a deck that has just so much potential. Mm. I think it's it's the deck that I feel most confident going into tournaments with just because of the fact that it it plays a long game really well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if if you have to, you know, rule of law the situation or, you know, a situation where you're like, I can't cast spells because this person has a risk study or a rule of law or whatever right you are fine in that circumstance because you can sit back on kin activations unless you can't sit back on kin activations in then which it case it's right um <laughs> yeah but and then there's other scenarios where you're like okay wait no i have the equivalent of a rock rack in the command zone like like i can double up my mana and just go crazy right like but it can do both things which yeah. is what makes the deck feel good yeah i i i fully agree i i have come around on this deck i mm-hmm. i do I don't know how long it's going to sit here because it Mm -hmm. is going to be a deck that I think Mm -hmm. I don't know that it will go full Winota because I don't know that Mm -hmm. it can possibly go full Winota, but I do think it has that potential to uh, get eye of Sauron to death. If that makes sense. That's how it happened at festival, right? Like I I was the only player who made top 16 of like, I think 10 people showed up with Kenan at festival Mm -hmm. and I was the only one who made top 16. But the other tournaments, the weeks afterwards, it came back and clowned on people because they were like, oh, Kenan got hated out. Great. Hey, we're back. You guys going to keep doing that? And they were like, uh, I don't know if we should keep it. And they're like, oh, we lost Kenan. Like, yeah, the- <laughs> right. This, like- this has been my tried and true piece of advice since the day Kenan has come out. And that is when you see Kenan, you kill Kenan. And that is how and we've gone over so many times on this podcast why that does not work because Kenan is a two mana commander. Yeah. Right. Like it just doesn't. But the thing work is. Like it's never led me astray. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, just recapping your number 10 at number 10, you had Niv Mizzet Perun, number yep. nine, Malcolm Timna, number eight, Najila, number seven, yep. Kedis Malcolm, uh, six, Timna Krom, five, Rogsai, uh, four, nope, Tivit. Five Tivit. Oh, five is Tivit. Okay. Five yes, is Tivit. Right. Four is Rogsai. Mm-hmm. Three is Atraxa Grand Unifier. Two is Sisse Weatherlight Captain, and one is Kinnon Bonder Prodigy. Uh, my 10 is number 10, Dargo Thras, number nine, Kenrith, eight, Rogsai, <laughs> seven is Atraxa, 
Six is Malcolm Timna. Five is Timna Krom. Four is Najila. Three is Tivit. Two is Sisse. One is Kinnan. And uh, that's where that's what the there was a huge shakeup in the meta. I feel like this month, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 meta feels like it completely flipped on its head. Yeah, it's been moving. It's been moving quite a lot. Um, it's one of those things where it's just things are things are happening. The stuff is developing. The games are developing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's um, things are changing around for sure. Yeah. It's really cool to get more like uh, the more people get eyes on the format, the more diverse mm-hmm. the format gets. Uh, yeah, and agreed. it's it's just been very encouraging to see that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I love it. Uh, I am excited to see what happens next month. We have a really cool guest next month. So uh, who mm-hmm. never has hot takes. So that will be mm-hmm. a great episode. Because I will not be the hot take machine on that episode, and I'm really looking forward I to it. I love that for you. Uh, it, it is great. Um, mm-hmm. I have said this before. I don't know how this person can just say some of the things they say and get no pushback. And I will say mm-hmm. some of the most like medium take, and people will be like, Rah! and I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry I said wrong size struggles in top 16. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the hair. It's the hair. It's definitely the hair. It's the great Scott Ian. Uh, oh, my God. I, I still have the sunglasses sitting right here. I'm really impressed you. Yeah, you really forced that one in there. <laughs> uh, I did get uh, a comment that we do need to do the part three uh, where yeah. we talk about newer commanders that are hidden gems. Because oh, we would okay. be coming back to the future. Back to the future. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're probably going to have to do the part three to finish off the trilogy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's what the people want. It's yeah. what the people want. So look forward yeah. to that. Uh, anything else you're going to, uh, I guess this is, will have already come out because, you know, this mm-hmm. has been a back to the future podcast the entire time. Right, right, right. We're always in the past. We're coming to future. you in the yeah. future right now. Uh, right. And so, so this, this event this will have already happened. Going back in. Yeah, yeah, so I have Commander Challenge 9 this weekend in TXS. Um, going to be going there for that one. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. It's a, it's in the middle of Anime North, which is a really cool convention. Um, I would love to, you know, kind of report back, which I will be doing for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and we'll be talking about, like, you know, what what happened to the tournament scene, where things are at. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a different format. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely, there are some things with the structure that I, I already know I'm going to have comments on. But, like, they were already really good about being like, okay, but, like, we can't change a lot right now. But, like, for next year, let's talk about what we can change, right? right? So, I'm, I love when a group is, like, willing to be flexible with those yeah. things, for sure. So, we'll see what happens with it. Um, I'm very excited to go there. And, and you're uh, taking to Macron? I am debating. It's okay. between, uh, I, you know, so I'm, I'm really trying to fill out the year with a lot of mm-hmm. decks that I've not played, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, my, my go-to is like, I want to play a diverse array of strategies in this format and I want to perform with each and every one of them, right? Um, so I haven't taken Tim Necrom. I haven't taken Atraxa yet. Um, I have struggled to bring Dawnmaker to where I want it to. So that's been a thought for the week too. How like, much do I need like, to pay you to get you to play Arden Krom? Uh, we can definitely actually figure out like a, a real amount of because money. Because I, I, I think Arden Crom's better than you give it credit for. And I think you would not hate playing that deck. I, I am. There are certain amounts of money that will make me consider playing Arden Crom <laughs> this weekend. Uh, the only problem is it's a no proxy tournament, 
Mm. Uh, and I don't know that I have all the cards for Arden Crom is the other problem. Oh. We'll see if I was going to the list. Uh, but yeah, so you're going to be doing that and, uh, give them, give them the coaching spiel. Oh yeah. Uh, Hey everybody. My, my name's Ian. And over the last two years, I have had more top performances with more diverse decks than any other player in the world, which is pretty cool i would argue uh and if you want to receive coaching from the player in question who has done that uh feel free to check me out at comedianmtg at gmail.com send me a message if you're interested in coaching uh you can check me out on twitter or discord all those places i'm available uh just look up comedianmtg at any of those places you can also find them in the description of each and every one of my youtube videos which is over youtube.com slash at comedianmtg and also, I have different types of coaching now, which is cool. I can do one-on-one sessions and gameplay sessions where I sit with three people who are interested in those coaching sessions. Um, we play for about two hours after every game. We do a little bit of breakdown, talk about areas where I'm like, oh, this was a pivotal point in the game. What can we learn from this, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, go from there. And they've been really fun. I've done two so far, and I have nothing but uh, hope that these are really fun. And also, like, worst case scenario, we get to play games for two hours. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And they've been actually really fun and really informative, which I'm really happy about. That's good. Awesome. I'm really glad that that's working out for you. And it's a, you know, best CDH player in the world, baby. Like (laughs) I said it, you didn't say it. So I get the, I get Mm -hmm. the, you get to, you get plausible deniability. Um, (laughs) This is the thing I do where I get uncomfortable and smile because I'm uncomfortable (laughs) to me. (laughs) Uh, How do you want to end this episode, Ian? Uh, You know, I figure (coughs) we're doing a lot of sci-fi stuff at the back to the future, right? So um, I figure if we sort of uh, create like a memento style thing where the episode starts playing backwards as of right now. <laughs> what does so this tattoo mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I have to play Kiki Shiki. Ah. <laughs> oh, this is what uh, I played this weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I think. Hear me okay. out. Ready? We go. And this is this is the good thing. I'm going to build it up a little bit. Right. And then so at this point in the episode, what's going to happen is I'm going to look at you. I go one, two, three.
So at this point, I need you to actually just end the episode raw. So as soon as I do the countdown, it just like cuts. Oh, perfect. You know? Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to keep all this in. And then. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. <laughs>